Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. great song that is invisible stain from anthony's uh re-release of the album i can't believe it's not better deluxe edition is a fu to uh spotify and yeah. uh we're, we're releasing that for the christmas holidays or hanukkah holidays whatever you do kwanzaa so buy oh, that album 
four people watching us, buy that album. We could use it. it. Please buy it. I'm broke. Please buy the album. (laughs) What are you gonna do? So they did. They didn't put your album back on Spotify. They took it off and didn't put it back on. No, they never put it back on. So I'm gonna try. um, I'm gonna try re-releasing. I mean, it's everywhere else, but Spotify is like the big. You know, it's the big service. Uh, So I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm going to try to put out the, the deluxe version and see if they will uh, allow that. Oh, I see. So I don't, I don't know for sure. But if Spotify won't let it happen, then it'll the deluxe will be everywhere else. <laughs> Just like the, the original one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got all mad and took everything off and like went on to Tidal and everything and, you know, just kind of went on this big rant and the thing. And then I guess they brought it back, uh, you know, because they were doing some work on trying to get artists back on there. So, but I don't know, but I still don't see any, hardly any money. And so Spotify is just, it's a, it's really ridiculous. I was starting like, to get pretty good payouts from all the streaming services. Um, yeah. And then they, then they removed one of the albums that everyone was listening to. They, it got too many plays. That was the problem. Really? Have you ever heard of something? So ridic- Spotify thought that I was paying for streams really because uh yeah that's why they took it down because you know i have the song um where i say <laughs> like you know, there's no way this Spotify. guy yeah, people <laughs> listening <laughs> there's he's definitely well, buying I bots the, <laughs> i have that's that one crazy. song where i the song about spotify that i have where uh, uh, i'm well, telling I'm everybody sure. to play play the song you know while you sleep on repeat uh mm. And some some people were doing that, ah. but I wasn't paying them to do it, and I wasn't doing it. But they thought that either I was, uh, either I was listening to it myself on mm-hmm. loop, or that I was paying to have other to have the streams. Wow! I just had a song, but they left they left the one song about Spotify. On Spotify, they get rid of everything else, and they get the, the whole Spotify rest of song. the album is gone, except for the song where I'm telling you to play the song repeatedly. That they left. Wow, how weird is that? <laughs> well, I tell you, it's it's definitely the music business is not the same, is it? No, it used to be a time you just got your little your little wax vinyl and you you just took it down to the radio station and you hope they played it, and that was you know. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, you know, I'm reading that uh, book. I think I told you guys the uh, the last days of John Lennon, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, James Patterson, and you know, it's written as kind of like a kind of in the, you know in the voice of Harry Chapman, the guy who killed him, or whatever. And um, it's uh, interesting because I think it, it really taps into all that. Um, or John Harry Chapman. I don't know if it's fucking name, Mark Davis but uh, anyway. Mark David Chapman, that's it. And uh, it's on the perspective of kind of how the Beatles kind of, you know, they got a lot of breaks, you know, in kind of how they were able to kind of like pop off. You know, a lot of it is like just, you know, kind of did the beginnings of just, you know, getting their record in a record shop and then, you know, the, and the Epstein buying, you know, record time and things like things that just basically you know, buying copies of the records and things like that to get themselves to number 49 and get them on the charts and, you know, just all this stuff that was, you know, interesting that I thought was, you know, kind of a leg up, if you will. And not that they're not great. And then it's like, then you start seeing them and they're like, you know, 
like they you know they're basically studying buddy holly songs and like you know taking them apart and stuff like that so it's like you know the whole thing wasn't just this magical thing out of nowhere like there's oh, a, there's yeah. a lot of work involved and then you know just i don't know and then the haircuts i think it's all about the haircuts it's, once they get the haircuts, haircuts it was done yeah. <laughs> they were technically a boy band and they fought against it yeah you know they but they fought i mean it was pretty cool what they did the because everybody just would do covers pretty much at that time standards or whatever sure so it's cool that they started in the early the early beatles stuff they they were fighting to have their own songs on the albums yeah um and then once the people got used to them having writing their own songs then they just got weird after they stopped touring and then the the whole second half of the the Beatles catalog is like all this weird yeah. stuff. So they yeah. start out Dr- as a boy band and then they uh, became artists. And drugs. And drugs. <laughs> That'll do it. That's all you need. Yeah. Drugs, drugs, drugs. I don't know. I think that early stuff's great. I don't, I don't, when I say boy, band, I don't mean that as a disrespect. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's just kind of like, it's kind of how they were able to get out there, you know? It's oh, like, yeah. If if girls weren't involved, then they probably wouldn't have gotten the fame they got. You know, he had to he had to he had to compete with Elvis, so he had to do something. Yeah. What a show! Uh, still in the barn. I am. I think I should try to throw a dart. See if I can hit it. <laughs> see if I do this live on Twitch. Live so we darts. got this guy. What oh. other shows giving you live darts? Oh, in the wall, right in the nice. wall. Right in the- <laughs> All right, let's bring in our other host. Very funny guy. He'll have more to offer. I'm out of it. Give it up for Adam Holtz, everybody. <laughs> wow. Worst intro we've ever had. Right. <laughs> you say right? Shut up. What are you doing? <laughs> How's it you going? Contribute? Yeah. You're not, you're not sending me a monologue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this on our own. What are we going to do? We got nothing. We lost Jeff. Rest in peace. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was good. He died at a gay bar, and uh, you know, is he coming we back? Him. We miss him. He's not coming back. He's uh, he's no. on the road. He's he's starring in Annie. He's playing Mr. Warbucks and uh, the musical. Ver- <laughs> 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 he's on the road. What is that? Uh, Rock of Ages. Like he all that all that talk, and he's he's the star of that show. So he's playing they the Alec Baldwin part. He has that musical at Caroline's, and then Caroline shuts down. I think Jeff shut him down. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> he did Definitely a dance Jeff. number, and everyone he realized. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe yeah, he I, dance. Uh, I think he could. Um, uncomfortable. I think he's good, and it's uncomfortable how good he is. And that's why I give him shit about it. Because you got to commit. you gotta have. You got to have an ego to dance. And Jeff has the ego, so I think he could dance. It's just, I just make fun of him because it's awkward because he still has like a Staten Island physique, but then he's kind of dancing like, anyway, what am we talking about? Caroline's closing. That sucks. Um, you know, it's, but it is, you know, it's like all the, all the places that I cared about. I mean, Caroline's was like, you know, they took care of me, but they didn't totally take care of me, but it was still kind of a goal for a lot of comics. And I think that's, what's great about that spot. It was like, you know, the first big club, it felt like showbiz that club. Yeah, you know, because it was like this huge, beautiful place, and then if you got on there, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of a kind of a big deal if you got a good show there, or whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, 
Carolina's closing. Dangerfield's is closing. You know, I left uh, left New York just in time. Yeah, I everything's think, uh, closing. Everything's closed. It's all over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got there with CBGBs and all that stuff. None of that's there anymore. There's no good oh, music yeah. clubs. Yeah, you know, Nothing. you got Blue Note. I guess that's the only thing kind of hanging on. That's kind of a tourist trap. So I don't know. Where do you go for music in the city? You go anywhere, uh, Adam? Do you go into New York City at all? You don't go in New York, do you? Well, next week I have um, I'm actually going to see Wet Leg twice next week uh, at uh, wow. once at Webster Hall and then at uh, Bowery. Oh, so you do? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Bowery but you know what a lot of uh, a lot of the bands though have been playing uh, King's Theater over in uh, Queens, uh, oh, Brooklyn that's Steel. A nice spot. Yeah, uh, that's where LCD Brooklyn has been playing. Cool. Yeah. I saw uh, um I saw Bjork at the King's Theater. I I think that's where it was. Was that where it was? Oh wow. I think so. Where do we see the breeders? Was it Terminal Five? That was what's that called? I think that yeah, I think that was Terminal Five. Yeah, that's still there? Yeah. Terminal five is still there. That's probably my least favorite venue. Uh just just the way that it's it's kind of stacked vertically. And um, it, it's if you're not if you're not down in that lower level, if you go up, you can't really see anything. Hmm. Um, but it's uh, but Brooklyn Steel kind of took that same design, uh, but spread it out more, and it works a lot better. Yeah, I like that place. Yeah, I saw the cult there. That's surprising to everyone, huh? <laughs> 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 good show. It's a good show. Yeah. Uh, Live shows, yeah, they're coming back. I feel like now it's normal again. You know? It feels yeah. like you see footage of concerts and, you know, everybody's just out being out, you know. I mean, Elton John was at, uh, you know, doing his last tour and he was in Lo-Fi Stadium and thousands and thousands of people. You know, yeah. it's pretty great to have all that back again. I, I wasn't sure if any of that was going to come back because there were a couple of years when we were doing this in the beginning. It's just like, are people going to go out to shows like that anymore? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've been playing some arenas and, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that people come out to these things like that, but they do. Nobody cares. And I was in <laughs> Alabama, little rock. Nobody cares about COVID out there. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. They never did. They never cared over there. Little rock, Arkansas. Who, who wants to be from there? Huh? <laughs> Jay's, Jay's from there. That's the joke. I just usually should get a chat by now. But he's not. He's playing Fortnite. He's not even watching the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> are you there? Anyway, uh, anybody listening out there? If you are watching out there, I guess you're watching. Uh, let us know favorite concerts. LOL. I'm at work. He says. Uh, if you're out there in Twitch land, let us know your favorite live venues and who you saw there. What are some of your live favorite live venues and who did you see there? We would love to, we'd love to throw that around here on Dustin's vinyl. Cool. All right. So what's going on? Do you guys do any record shopping or anything? Anything, any record no. pools? You got any pools, random pools? I, I have a pole. Yeah, you do. What do you got? Oh, yeah. Pull it out. What do you got, Adam? <laughs> yeah, whip it out. <laughs> All right, so I've been uh, oh, revisiting um, <clears throat> some of the early Pearl Jam stuff lately. So I got um, here, here's a uh, Vitology, oh, and nice. um, this uh, package. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's actually a record store day uh, mm. release. Um, and uh, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think uh, as a as I've been getting older, I. I I feel like this is my favorite Pearl Jam album. 
I, I would actually maybe put this over 10. Oh, yeah. I put that. I don't even know. I don't think that's even my favorite one, and I put it over 10. Right. <laughs> 10 is one of my least favorite Pearl Jam albums. Yeah, it seems to be 10 usually is, you know, among it's usually either at the top and number one, or uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, lists lately where it's maybe around number two, number three or so, maybe this, uh, Vitology, or um, uh, what's the one? Uh, Yield. Ver Yield actually versus, pops oh, up. Yield, I love. Yeah. No Code, I thought was great. Yeah. What's the one with the goat? I like that one. Uh, uh, verse. Versus. Verse. Yeah. Verse? Versus? Verse, yeah, the, the uh, uh, second album. But this one, they, uh, what was the? They re-released. I mean, this is a while back now, but they re-released ten with like a uh, slightly less dated production. Do you remember that? Like the uh, there was less reverb on everything. That didn't sound yeah, like nineteen ninety one or whatever. Uh, and I I liked that version of ten a lot more. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's just, that production is so. I just, it, it's it's like listening to the first Alice in Chains album. Like the production is just did not. Uh, it's just so dated. Well, it's interesting because you like a lot of reverb. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. Depends on Don't the reverb. You do a lot of reverb on your stuff. I do. You mean like <laughs> this? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, never I never use, use reverb. reverb. I like reverb. I don't know. I think it's fun. Like uh, the doors, they use a lot. No, mm, they just. I don't think so. Who uses a lot of reverb? What are bands that get away with it? A lot of uh, shoegaze bands. You know, my my buddy Valentine. Shoegaze. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But it What's works with that kind of stuff. Which shoegaze? Like, um, well, like My Bloody Valentine is is a. I don't really know what it's. It's like indie rock with reverb. I don't, what else makes it? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just don't know. It's very. It's, it's very. Uh, it's almost like noise <laughs> noise rock. Um, it's got that huge kind of like wall of sound that hits you and. Yeah, yeah, it's a wall of sound. Kind and of I think the isn't it just it's based on that uh is music that you kind of shuffle in place and you're staring at your shoes so that's how they came up with shoe gaze <laughs> <laughs> oh gaze it's shoe gaze okay yeah, yeah. that's shoe hilarious gaze, yeah. so you're looking at the pedals i get it okay yeah yeah i guess that's probably what it is so right. all the it's, pedals <laughs> yeah looking at the pedals interesting all right uh, that, no, uh, that uh pearl jam album is uh it was the let me see i think it's, it was the 10 deluxe edition in uh from 2009 uh, that okay. one that had the uh, the remix on it, and um, they actually had a uh, um, the unplugged um, the MTV unplugged Pearl Jam on it too. Oh, their unplugged was all right, not bad. It was good. I thought. I think most of the unplugs were good. 
Yeah. It's like it was just weird because Pearl Jam was playing like it was a normal show, except they just happened to have acoustic guitars. You know, like the energy they were trying to like rock. The drummer was hitting all hard. Mm-hmm. And so I you just, think if you think a true unplugged has to be slowed down? I I just it's my preference. I, I think the way Nirvana did it, I thought was great, and Alice in Chains also did a nice job of uh, kind of switching up the vibe. You know, just rather than just doing a regular show and swapping out electric guitars for acoustic guitars, you know, just like changing the. <laughs> Well, even if you play a guitar, acoustic guitar, if you play it hard, it's still going to sound different than electric, obviously. But yeah, it's not going to have the same kind of, you know. Kiss was pretty fun, actually. Oh, yeah. Kiss did it. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they, they did, did a good job. It yeah, that was, that was not bad. That was when they were still do, doing no makeup, wasn't it? Did they have I no makeup? I think so. Yeah. I don't think that you're not going to have makeup on the unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to do, yeah. You're not going to walk up with like high heels and demons on them and shit, right. <laughs> chains and yeah. But that no, was such an interesting time for Kit. They had a few years where they they didn't do the makeup, and then they were like, "All right, we we're going back to the makeup, and we're never t- taking it off again." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you blame them? You know, I no, feel like not at uh, all. It's, they, I hope they. I, keep I, it I feel like it's well. That's the thing. That's the genius of them. Is they a lot of these bands you see them like. I mean, you look at guns. You look at like Axel and stuff, and it's like, oof, it's hard to watch. <laughs> you know, because they're look they're so banged up looking. You know, yeah. some of these rocket bands just look so bad. It's like Billy Idol. Enough with the plastic surgery. Like you just see, you know, you just see the bands, and you're just like, ah, he actually looks pretty good. He actually did. A, he doesn't look bad. But like Axel looks really bad, and looks Vince Neil looks terrible, Awful. and it's like, you know. But the makeup, you know, it's it's a yeah. good, the, you know, when you're in your seventies and you're yeah. <laughs> arenas, the, why not have full makeup? The makeup is great for Kiss too because they're just replacing everybody in the band. So it's like Ace yeah, Freely is not really Ace yeah. Freely, but he's got the makeup. Peter Chris, it's some other dude with the makeup. Though. Those guys are great. The the guys that replaced are phenomenal musicians. I saw them at their last tour. Well, not their last one. I guess they always say that. They? Yeah. <laughs> the last 14th tour we're doing. But yeah. um, but they were great. I mean, they were on the high wire and everything. They're just like coming out on the like a like a zip line or whatever. <laughs> it was great. They like, couldn't, you know. But I want my senior citizens to wear makeup when they're rockers. Um. <laughs> Well, this guy, you know, he didn't, he didn't, you know, he kind of went, he didn't do crazy plastic surgery, you know, no. Peter Frampton, mm-hmm. you know, he looks like a normal dude in his sixties yeah. or seventies or whatever he is. But this is a good album. I bought this album, you know, I'm at my father-in-law's and mother-in-law's. So it's like, you know, I'm just grabbing from his collection, but I gave him this album and I bought it at the concert. We, uh, oh, Jeff nice. and I, we went to the Peter Frampton concert and this is uh, Peter Frampton. Uh, it's all blues out, all blues songs. And uh, it's really great. And he's a hell of a guitarist. Like people kind of sit on him as a guitarist because, you know, he's kind of had a cheesy 70s thing going. But he's great. And this this album is a lot of fun. So if you want to see a different kind of Peter Frampton album, this is definitely a cool thing. Because I think it was he was talking about the stories. What he does, what's cool about Peter Frampton when I saw him is uh, because you saw him a long time ago right anthony so i'm like uh yeah like 15 years ago probably and then okay. maybe 10 years ago okay 
Oh, you see him twice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, probably 10 years ago. I don't know when I said it might have been five, six, seven years. I don't know. But anyway, when I saw him, he would do, he was doing stories in between the songs, which are great. And like a, like a slideshow of like when he started and like oh, kind of the, cool. the progression of his thing. So that was really cool to watch that. And apparently the, how he got to this album is him and Steve Miller were on a tour together and then they would kind of do a concert they would do like, you know, I guess probably Steve Miller would headline or whatever. And then they would go back on together and they would do blues solos and stuff and kind of play oh, around with the guitar. And like, that's how kind of Peter Frampton got, yeah, jam. And that's how Peter Frampton got the idea for this album. He was just like, we're just jamming and like, let's just do a blues album. So did that. Nice, nice right? Yeah, I like <laughs> Peter Frampton. I like him a lot. His, his band is tight. Good for you. You know, you like an great. old dude's. Yeah. I know you don't like a lot of old dudes. Well, that it rock, depends on so. the old dude, you know. <laughs> There's but not a lot of old dudes that get Anthony a, approval. He's a great old sure. dude. I, the, I saw him with his band, and then I saw him acoustic. He did an acoustic uh, tour, which was awesome. Really great. That was at another he, old theater in uh, Staten Island. I can't remember the name, but it's like the same thing that they did with the King's Theater, where they reopened this old theater <laughs> from like the 20s or 30s or whatever. I saw him uh, in Staten Island at some some theater like that. Can't remember what it was called. Nice, I like your style. Um, <clears throat> here's another Christmas album. This is oh. John Denver Rocky Mountain Christmas, which, which means you must be <laughs> high. Mountain. He was all about the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> he really was. That's cool. Cool insert there. Kind of cool. Nice. And uh, I like John Denver, man. Um, I, John Denver's great. Like his, you know, thank God I'm a country boy. So it's good. And this is, you know, he's like a guy, you know, it's a, I guess your basic Christmas stuff. I think he might've wrote some of these Christmas for Cowboys. You know, I don't think he wrote away in a manger, but uh, <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, daddy wrote that. Uh, Silver <laughs> Bells, you know, there's a lot of classics in there he's singing. But I think there's like three originals and then like most of them are just the, you know, traditional uh, Christmas songs, but yeah, I just say you know, like one of those, like it feels right with John Denver doing a Christmas album. You know, he, he was in that movie God, so it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that with George Burns. You see that? Uh, I think I, I feel like I did see. It. It's a great movie, great movie. The first one's really good. Um, it's called God, and George Burns plays God, and then John Denver's like this, what's happening, guy, and. Uh, like in his back seat and stuff and his Volkswagen bug or whatever. It's just really funny. Um, Cause you don't know if he's high the whole time or if he's actually seeing God. Cause it's John <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Denver, <laughs> but uh, it's good stuff. Yay. All right. So Anthony, you lead us off today. You were uh, director of the theme here on Dustin's oh, vinyl yeah. today. So lead us off, pick whoever you want, do your thing. It's your show. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I guess we'll, uh, the the theme that i picked i picked um uh new new discoveries and uh rediscoveries um so i'll start with the rediscoveries uh, a band and an album and a song um that I, I had not listened to in in maybe maybe 20 years uh i picked bush the band Bush, uh, the yeah. song "Swallowed" from uh, from Razorblade Suitcase, which was their second album, uh, came out in uh, 1996, and I loved the album when it first came out, and then 
within like, I don't know, two or three years, I just did not care about Bush anymore. Yep. I kind <laughs> of, uh, I, I, cause when I was about 11 or 12 when, when the album came out. So I was like, you know, it came out, there was no more Nirvana and Nirvana was, was my favorite band, the, the band that got me, made me want to become a musician. And Bush was like one of the bands that was kind of riding the, the wave, you know, kind of, uh, there's a lot of fake Nirvana sound alike bands at that time. And uh, I, I, at first I didn't mind or didn't realize what was that, you know, it was like, oh, it's just another band that I like. And as I got into high school, I was like, oh man, they're not cool. Bush isn't cool. And I never looked back. I just didn't like Bush for 20 years. And, uh, I don't know what happened the other day. I just was like, I was, I was playing guitar and I, uh, I started somehow, you know what it was? I was playing, I think I was playing creep by Radiohead on guitar. And then I was like, then I did something that kind of reminded me of, of this song swallowed the chorus is kind of similar chord progression. And uh, I was like, man, I should, I should check that out. See if, uh, see if it holds up. And I actually really love the out al- the whole album. Um, it was produced by Steve Albini, who is one of my favorite producers of all time. Uh, he also produced, uh, in utero by Nirvana. Um, he did, uh, 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 Surfer Rosa by the Pixies and a bunch of other stuff, uh, a bunch of breeders, uh, things. And so it sounds great. The, the album, the production is, is great. That was the best possible producer Bush could have gotten for their follow-up. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I love it. I, I feel like this, the, this song and the album in general, um, it, it, it holds up better than pretty much anything else that they that they did. So that's my, that's my, my Bush presentation. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a chart. You're like, hey, yeah. Bush. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked Bush, um, a lot. I feel like that. Um, the first album was pretty great when they first arrived. It was pretty exciting. I think they had a really good run as well. And it was, uh, it did feel like, you know, because you guys are more kind of, you know, grungeologist than I am. But I, I feel like they always felt a little more manufactured than some of the other bands. You know, they felt like somebody was like, let's get in on this. But they were in pretty early, though. It wasn't like they were kind of behind a lot of these bands. Like, like when did they come out? Like, they came out around the same time or was it later? It was- like 95 94 like. for 94 uh, when, uh, 16 one? stone yeah oh so it was did that come out before Kurt Cobain died no i think it was cuz like it was after yeah it must so have it been came right out after. after so they came out after nirvana had their their yeah okay. like so it must have been right after yeah it was yeah, the right time was, for uh... people who still wanted that kind of music i was i wasn't done with it you know i was <laughs> i was just getting started yeah, but I feel Bush is tough. It's barely not Creed, you know? <laughs> yeah, but Creed, Creed didn't exist yet. So there, okay. it was I know. The, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. For sure. But, yeah, you know, what I think is kind of cool. Like, this close. <laughs> it, 
I I like that for for the second album they worked with Steve Albini because he doesn't he's not the kind of producer that tells the band how the song should sound like or what should happen in the song. He okay. he's he engineers and he lets the band do what the band is going to do. He's not like Rick Rubin yeah. trying to like make them write hits or whatever. The band comes yeah. in with the album and he just knows where to put the microphones and knows what equipment to capture the performances. So even if like the first album, yeah. it could have been, you know, they could have been working with some producers that were like, Hey, you gotta, or like the record label was like, you gotta do this. But if you're working with Steve Albini, you're going to, you know, you're, there's no outside influence. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I'm sure this guy's amazing, but I don't like how you just, <laughs> just like Rick Rubin, just, you know, trying to make a hit. Like he's, <laughs> so, well, Rick Rubin's I mean, done some great stuff, but it's complete yeah, opposite. But he's uh, a genius, productions. but it's, they're both, maybe they're both geniuses in their own right. That's, I see what oh, you're saying. Yeah. 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 I, not, not to I say think that Rick, Rick Rubin's Rubin trying is... to make a, Ruben's trying to bring a sound out of you. I don't know if he's necessarily trying to. I mean, they're all trying to do hits. I mean, you be. I mean, why would you? Why are you in the studio? You know, if you're not trying to be a hit maker, you know, because you want to make money. You know, want to right? I don't know. I just. I, I guess Steve. You know, uh, Steve Albini. He does not. Um, he doesn't get royalties. A lot of producers get paid forever for being mm. producers, and uh, he gets paid to engineer the album one time. Yeah. And that's it. So he actually he, is the one person in the music business. I don't know. I get, I put money on it though that he's he's kicking himself for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're Just not gonna on, see it, but he's somewhere going, Man, I probably should have signed those royalty things. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> Rick Rubin could buy five islands. So yeah, I think I think maybe Rick was on to something. No, yeah. Uh yeah, no, but yeah, I think Bush is good, you know. I think, but it, like I said, I think it's just definitely. Um, I wore that first album out, but then yep. I couldn't really. That's the thing with Bush; you, they don't have they don't have the respect that like a STP or Nirvana or Pearl Jam. Like they, they somehow they just didn't have a lasting effect, you know. Yeah. Maybe the guy was too pretty. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Yeah, he tried <laughs> acting pretty early on. Yeah. You know, he, he just wanted to do whatever. Yeah. He did the no doubt chick, did her, Glenn yeah, they were, or yeah, whatever. They were married. They were married. They were married. Yeah. yeah. I think he cheated on her too. Ah, well, you know, happens. You're out there in that rock star world. What are you doing, Gavin? You got too big for his britches, you know? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think he became the rock star as opposed to kind of the tortured artist. And that's what we love so much about Kurt. And uh, Eddie's always, he never compromised. You know, it's like these guys, you know. You know, and then uh, Scott died. So it's like, as you know, all the, the stuff. I don't know. I think some of that torture is what makes you kind of drawn to the artist. Mm -hmm. And when he's just like acting in a movie and wearing the brand new leather and, you know, I feel like mm -hmm. he's more of a rock star than maybe an artist at some point. I think it you kind of lose lose fact, you know, you lose a little bit of, I don't know, like the Maroon 5 guy, you know, like certain guys, oh, you just like they just whoa. too much of. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. too much of that, you know, instead of like, he's not a horrible musician, but it's like, I think he, if he had stayed more down that road, maybe, but I, it reminds you of this guy, Gavin, a little bit. What's the guy's name? The Maroon 5 guy? Oh, Adam guy's Levine. Fucking, Adam Levine. Yeah. It has like little Adam Levine vibe. So I hate to, I hate to say that about anybody. 
How about you, Adam? How you feel? You feel like a Bush guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a similar experience to you guys with them. Uh, I uh, when I remember when Sixteen Stone came out, everything's in. It was that at the time it didn't feel as manufactured. It just felt like, oh, this is that kind of progression. This is just another. It's another grunge band, and and yeah, this is you know this is right after Kurt's Kurt died, and music's kind of sh- shifting a little bit, but um. Um, and I, the same thing with 16 stone. I just, I wore that one out too. And I mean, you had everything Zan, you had come down, uh, machine head glycerine. It was a great, great album. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the same thing, like with, with Anthony, I just stopped listening to them. I, I don't even think I even had razor blade suitcase. And, Whoa, um, okay. at that point it was, uh, um, well, I guess, I guess 16 stone came out later in high school by the time razor blade suitcase came out. I was listening to, um, I think I was listening to the back. I was listening to Backmore. I was listening to. I was listening to Three Eleven. I was listening to. Um, wow. Uh, Weezer. Like it, it was. There was a lot more. I think I was going away from grunge and and more into the more of the alt, uh, more of the alt music that was out there. Plus a lot of classic rock. So, um, so I didn't really. I never really came back to Razorblade Suitcase. Razorblade Suitcase is one of those albums that you'd find so much or so often in the uh, used CD bins. But um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I did see I did see him recently. Uh, I did see well, I did see Bush recently. Uh, they uh, they toured with Live, and they were doing this this co headlining tour. Mm. So I saw oh, wow. them. Uh, I think it was right before COVID. I saw them at a um, uh, PNC Bank, and it was lot. It was they opened for Live, um, and Live is a, to me is a similar band. I mean, both these bands are these kind of mid tier alt rock or grunge kind of bands in the 90s and uh and live was the same way i i was incre- i was into um the, their first two albums metal jewelry and um throwing copper and then just some at some point i just stopped listening to them um but uh but bush was great they were great live i think they still gavin rostell still sounds he still sounds good um i i know they had i think they had a recent hit too they had a they they did a song for one of the John Wick soundtracks. Oh, okay. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think like what you guys said, what what Dustin, what you said too about him just being, you know, probably just that that feeling of manufacture that he's this pretty boy that um, um, it, it just I think it turned a lot of people, um, or, or a lot of people that were into alt rock, I think it, it turned a lot of people off. Yeah, you know, when I stopped listening to Bush, I uh, this is, <laughs> I dated this. Uh, this girl for a long time, she's a Puerto Rican girl. And she, I would only bring it up that she's Puerto Rican. She had this Puerto Rican family that didn't like white people very much. And, uh, <laughs> and they fair. always, <laughs> they always, and I, even though I'd be like, I'm Native American, they would never buy it. I was always the white guy from Texas. And I remember I, the, her sister was bought me um, a, uh, a Bush album for Christmas. And I had never discussed music with her at all. And and she says, and I go, I go, this is great. I go, why did you buy me this CD? And she goes, well, I figured, you know, it's it's white people music. And so <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting so angry. I was like, I'm not, not, I'm not, you know, you can't just box this up, even though I have the one before this. Doesn't mean that I, <laughs> even though I'm listening to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but but it made me so mad. I was like, you can just sum me up, bro. It's like, I like Buena Vista Social Club. Why don't you give me that? You know, whatever. It was just really, it was such a funny moment. I was like, ah, I've never listened to this ever again. 
Um, you know, so, add on her a Tito Puente CD. <laughs> uh, I was, I was going to say another band that I kind of associate with them, even though they're not grunge, was Gin Blossoms, and I think it was just because oh. it was that same kind of, um, you know, they they also I think they only had one album, and uh, and it was so big for a second, and then it was then they were gone. Yeah, very. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the short-lived time in music. Better than Ezra. That was another. Oh, but, yeah. They could have toured with Bush. Back Candlebox. In, back in the... Candlebox, Candlebox actually is touring with Bush now. Yeah. <laughs> Hanson. <laughs> Candlebox hey, hey. was definitely a fake Pearl Jam kind of band. Yeah, they had that one song, You, which yeah. uh, which sounded, which was definitely very much a Pearl Jam ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was trying to do that thing, you know, trying to yeah. capitalize on that heroin sound. All right. <laughs> uh, Adam, what is, what's your... Um... So I, um, I went with the 80s. Um, I, I, uh, a couple weeks ago, I picked up this album. It was one of my favorite albums of the eighties. Uh, I had it on cassette. I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And I, I decided, uh, you know, it's time, uh, flipping through the used vinyl section. I, I came across it. I'm like, I think I got to buy this. It's, uh, <clears throat> so tears for fears songs from the big chair. And, um, the, uh, I mean, this is a fantastic album just all the way through. You got shout, you got everybody wants to rule the world. Mother's talk. Um, and I picked, um, uh, Head Over Heels, which um, is actually on the on this album, it was actually two songs: uh, Head Over Heels and Broken, which it was a reprise of um, uh, the song before it. But um, so this was um, it's with Tears for Fears. I, I feel like their um, you know their sound is so big. It's it was built for arenas and uh, just kind of like you two, kind of like. Um, uh, you know, may- maybe uh, some bands today like Arcade Fire or, or Florence and the Machine or My Morning Jacket, bands that you just expect to be playing, you know, that have this grand-, grand sound that just can fill all the space. And Tears for Fears songs just kind of fill that whole space around you, especially something like Shout. Um, but uh, uh, Head Over Heels is... Um, um, so that's uh, uh, Roland uh, Orzabal is doing the, the vocals on it uh, with uh, Kurt Smith. And... Um, you know, it starts out with this piano, kind of pretty basic piano riff. I can actually play it on piano too, but uh, uh but they're really kind of hammer it, um, kind of just it's it's almost like they're hammering the piano too, and then it just goes into this uh pop rock song. It's a it's a love song. Uh, it's an interesting love song since it's um not just about um it, it it kind of encompasses an entire relationship. Like you know, it's like oh you know I I where he starts off, you know, I like to be alone with you and just talk about the weather, but instead he's thinking about the past. It's about the baggage that comes in about, um, you know, how you fall in love with somebody, but you're not sure kind of, um, you know, what causes it or like what, um, you know, the whole thing ahead of falling head over heels. Um, but, um, it's a, it's a, it's a great song. Um, it's also something which I, because I never really knew much about, their background when i got when i first listened to tears for fears i think i was seven or eight years old so i didn't really know that they had these grand idea these grand ideas behind their songs they were uh influenced by um arthur uh by psychologist arthur um uh yanov 
uh, who was actually, I think, um, John Yoko had gone and seen for, for months. Um, but he had this famous book uh, called, uh, uh, it was a book on primal therapy, and they based, uh, um, Roland Orzabal and Kurt Smith based, I mean, they, they pulled the name Tears of Fears from that book, and they based a lot of their songs on their first album, The Hurting, and then this album, Songs from the Big Chair, on a lot of the um, kind of psychological um, the psychological advice and theories that were inside this book. Um, and you kind of get that feeling when you listen to Head Over Heels. Uh, it does in, in some ways seem like a therapy session with like the way that uh, some of these lyrics go. But um, but it's a you know it's a great song. It's a great band and um, um, fantastic album too. And I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but it is also uh, a very '80s and very strange video with uh, Roland Orsbold trying to he's in a library trying to hit on this librarian, and then you have a monkey in a Red Sox jersey that randomly shows up. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean this that is makes a, sense. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean this is. This is a great album to revisit and, and check out. And also, they have a new album out now, too. Um, it's called uh, The Turning Point. It's their first album in 18 years. And that's a so far, from what I've heard, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, wow. Unbelievable job. Thank you, buddy. Um, I didn't I didn't realize they were just all that as it was happening with their music. I was right. just <laughs> they were. Uh, I just remember, yeah, best of dance music from the 80s. That's what I <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Tears of Fear has almost ruined my life. Because I remember uh, I was in junior high, the old guy now, and uh, that song came out. And I remember that. I just remember every time I hear listen to that song, I remember this girl, Elizabeth, who I just had a crush on. And I remember she saw me drunk at a party because they were drinking beers and whatever. And so she liked me because I had a personality. And then I remember then the next the next couple of days or whatever, I tried to hang out with her and I wasn't drinking. And then she was like, oh, you're boring. And so that's why I became an alcoholic because of the song. I go, I want chicks. I got to drink. Right. <laughs> now, this, you know, this is one of those bands that like, I think they got a little obviously overplayed just because it was everywhere. Yeah. You know, this music was everywhere. And then they did that big song in the breakfast club and everything. You know, it's like, and such a huge kind of band, you know, that there was a time, there was a span of like, I don't know, you know, 84 to 86 or whenever it was, it was like, it was just them, you know, they were yeah. just everywhere. But uh, yeah, this is good stuff. I don't, you know, I'm not into it really. I can't, it's not really my 80s music. My stuff's more Depeche Mode and all that stuff, you know, New Order, that kind of thing. But it's, you know, it's fun. It's definitely great. You know, it was a great time in music as far as it was. I mean, they were on top of MTV and it was like yeah. all that stuff was happening. So it's, you know, I I can't really get into it like I, you know, maybe I did when I was in seventh grade. But, you know, it's still good. You know, what about you, Anthony? You Tears of Fears guy? Uh, you, make, you got a jacket and everything. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not really. And when I first put the song on i was like oh god this is gonna be and then i then it, then i was like oh yeah i remember this i remember yeah this song and then it's it's super catchy it's just it's, it is i, I liked it i didn't want to like it it's like it doesn't sound i wouldn't say it's cool sounding music but uh i'm sure that at the time it was very hip and uh it's just it's just a one of those songs that you just have to remember. I mean, maybe, maybe not if you're, maybe not actual young people now, but you know, 
I, it was all over the place when I was when I was growing up. Yeah, definitely good stuff. I, I like it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, Yeah, I, this next artist, you know, I I kind of, you know, it's kind of went through this phase of kind of old music when I was kind of uh, in college and just kind of rediscovering kind of, you know, all the, all the artists that were, you know, the Hank Williams seniors and Johnny Cash's and all the stuff and, you know, Elvis and the Beatles and, you know, just going down any sort of old rabbit hole music where I felt like a lot of the new music was trash and i felt like i was really just trying to go backwards in music there was a time where that's all i listened to anything that was old was good and uh i remember patsy klein kind of uh being this this artist that you know when you listen to patsy klein it kind of it transports you into this this time of the 50s and 60s and you you just you know you just the music itself is just it's it's heart wrenching and beautiful and it just kind of like takes you over a little bit. And so, um, there's a great soundtrack. There was a movie called notorious Betty page. And, um, there's some really cool music on that. And, um, I remember this song lives railway to heaven is on that soundtrack. And um, it came on the other day and I was listening to it and whatnot. And so this song is kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a gospel hymn. Basically it's, uh, I believe it was, um, Let's see, Charlie Tillman, who kind of wrote this, you know, the guy in like the 40s. And so it's kind of a, you know, she sang this in church with her, you know, the, the dad and everything. And this is kind of one of those songs that kind of like she connected to her father with this song because I feel like they had some problems. And then later in life, she was a superstar. And she's the first crossover country artist. Like, she, you know, she was the first t- Taylor Swift, if you will. I hate mm. to say that about Patsy Klein, but she basically <laughs> like, to, you know, it went to the pop charts, you know, with this music, like it transcended everything. And this yeah. song is not one of her popular. This is not, you know, her first song, I think that hit was uh, Walking After Midnight. That was like her big, you know, song. And she was really young when that, she, I think it was on a TV show and she, you know, became like a number one hit and everything. And then called, Crazy is one of my favorite um, Patsy Klein songs. And Willie Nelson wrote that song, which is just bizarre. Oh, that Yeah. And so... Um, this song is, you know, it's not one of her kind of standards, but it's, it's just any Patsy Klein can sing the phone book to me and she's just got such a beautiful voice. And, uh, and I like that there's kind of a, the, I guess the backup group is like, they're kind of sounding, trying to sound like a train. It's like a quartet. So they're like, choo, choo, cha, cha, choo, choo, cha. you know, they're, they're doing this like kind of, you know, quartet thing that sounds like a train because it's the trains. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, I love the idea of her. She obviously died at the height of her career in a plane crash. And there were so many plane crashes that ruined oh, such good crash. music. I yeah, it was a know. plane crash. She died wow. of a plane crash. Like, and, like she was on top. Like she was the biggest thing in the world. And she died uh, in a plane crash. And so I feel like that's such a tragedy. But her music lives on this is kind of one of those songs uh you know life's a real way to heaven so i like it um yeah so that's uh anthony you feel like you i seem like you like patsy klein right 
Yeah, I, I don't really know a lot of her stuff, but I I like what I have heard, and I liked this. Uh, it's a good song. Uh, her, but her her voice, I think, is is what sells it for sure. It's it was it was good. I I, I was not familiar with this song, so I, I was pleasant. Well, they released surprised. this one after her death, so this was like this is released in like seventy eight. So this is okay. way long after she died. She died in '63. So this is like one of those oh. kind of vault, kind of one of those Prince vault things where they just like, yeah. hey, I got an extra song, and then you know released it kind of. Uh, it Adam, hit? yeah, go ahead. Sorry, it was. Yeah, I don't know if it was like a number one hit or anything. I think it did pretty well. Wow. Uh, yeah, put it on that a, soundtrack. I always feel like with Patsy Cline songs, there's this kind of inherent sadness inside it. I mean, maybe it's because because yeah. she, she died young, but also. Um, just, uh, you know, if I'm listening to walking after midnight crazy or, or, you know, listening to this song, I just feel like I should be in a, in some sad or sad dive bar or something just with a small glass of whiskey, just crying into it. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how country music supposed to make yeah. you feel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she had a troubled, uh, marriage and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think that a lot of it, a lot of it comes from heartache, you know, I think the good stuff does, you know? Oh Yeah. Yeah, the good good music comes from heartache and pain, right, Anthony? You know about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's where all my songs used to come from before I started doing comedy. Heartache and pain. All right, we don't have a lot of time, so let's uh, try to get this, let's do quickly get through our okay. our new discoveries. Uh, Adam, you go first. All right, so um, <clears throat> I went with Mama, uh, their uh, song Speeding 72. So I, I found this, uh, one of my favorite times right now is, uh, uh, besides the holidays, you get all the best of lists that come out. So I found this band on the uh, the Paste uh, Best of uh, 2022 uh, list. They compared them to Wet Leg. This is a, this is a fun, it's a fun song. It's, it's kind of a, a driving anthem about, uh, you know, kind of that... Um, you know that feeling of freedom in driving, or just driving around, smoking cigarettes, listening to, to to music, and sharing it with somebody. There's this kind of genuine, pure experience in it. And uh, also, they reference pavement too, with uh, uh, listening to Gold Sounds on there. So, <laughs> great song if you want. Uh, this is it reminds me of um, uh, Eve Six Open Road song. You know, kind of those. It's it's a it's a fun song, and I think this is a, a cool band to check out. <laughs> Yeah, it seemed fun. I mean, it's yeah. You, you look at the, you, they look like children. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you thirteen? What's happening? And then you get mad. You're like, how are you this good at thirteen? Yeah, I think uh, they need. A, I think they need a drummer. Anthony, you should, uh, you should audition for them. Yeah, if they're um, watching right now, uh, give me a call. They're uh, they're touring with uh, Wet Leg also. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, that's that band you like. Yeah, they're good. They seem good, fun. You know, like definitely. Sounds a little familiar, you know, but it was fun. You know, it's yeah. kind of fun young music, I guess. Uh, Anthony, did you like them? I, I did like it. Uh, I, yeah. I had not heard of them before, um, but I I enjoy it. I would check out more of their stuff, but I do also agree. Uh, you said it's like familiar. It, it yeah. doesn't seem yeah. like they're really bringing anything new to the table. It's kind of like, uh, it sounds kind of like... Um, kind of like 90s alternative rock but then also like the kind of uh indie pop rock that is yeah. happening right now it's um, uh but but i like it it's fun yeah like early indie 2000s or even like it, it sounded a little bit to me like silver sun pickups too yeah yeah but i, I i'm gonna check out more of their stuff it's a 
I like the I like that sound that they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was in my car in LA because I'm cool like that, and uh, I was driving, and this this band came on, uh, Beach Weather, and I'd never really heard of them, um, and this song came on, and uh, I was like, this is pretty cool, man. It was, uh, you know, kind of just uh, just had some vibe that I dug, mm-hmm. you know, sex, drugs, etc. It seemed like just a really cool band, interesting band. I kind of I didn't do a lot of research on the three piece kind of alternative pop band, American band. Um, yeah, I, I think they got popular off. Uh, they did uh, did a song on some Netflix show. It was Control Z or something. And then apparently they oh. they blew up on TikTok. And that was like oh. this particular song uh, just blew up. And so it's Nick Santino. He was, uh, I don't know, he's an ex, a rocket in the moon, whatever that means. And, uh, rocket but, in the uh, moon? Yeah, just, I don't know what that means. I just, you know, it's you look at this band, stuff, you're like, yeah, I think it's a band, yeah. And this is off the album Chit Chat, and the album's really good. I listened to the whole album, it's good. And uh, this song, I don't know, man, just kind of had a groovy, it reminded me of the old days, kind of Roxy music and like slower kind of electronica mm-hmm. stuff. It was fun. I liked it. I think they're good. Um, Adam, I think it seems like a band you would like. Yeah, I listened to uh, both versions of this one, and the the stripped down version I really liked. The uh, the so I guess okay. that was the single version of it. Um, yeah, and yeah, it had this really chill vibe to it, and that's why I could see like when you were saying that it's big on TikTok. I could I could see that this it does I guess fit into that kind of chill wave. Um, um, you know, something you could you could throw on re- relaxed uh, to also. But um, but this is the only this is the only thing I've heard for, of them. I haven't had a chance yet to go through their album, but I, I definitely would check it out. Yeah, they're pretty cool. How about you, Ant? I uh, I thought this was fine. I didn't dislike it, but I don't think this is uh, I don't think this is a band that I would seek out on my own. But it was not uh, unpleasant listening to it for for the show. <laughs> I uh, I feel Very pretty diplomatic, ne- pretty neutral about it. I you know it's like. It's not really I, I my guess, thing, but it's fine. It's perfectly yeah. fine. It's not my thing per se, but yeah. I feel like it's like you know you listen. To it, oh, it's kind of good. You know, it, like my it, favorite it, band is yeah. I you know like the Viagra Boys. Is like really, yeah. I'm like yeah, I really yeah, like yeah. them. And this is a band. I'm like yeah, it's cool for this. It's you know, cool. you try to do a new song. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like stuff that. Uh, I mean, it's it sounds like the kind of stuff that's happening right now. Yeah. I think if you listen to the whole album, I mean, the album, you know, the things with them is they came out in 216 and they've been able to oh. kind of like take all this stuff and keep it moving and stay relevant and get on a TV show and the yeah. TikTok and stuff. So like, you know, it's pretty cool when, an, when a band can take an album that's from a little bit ago and yes. still kind of like keep it relevant. So I think yeah. that we know that how difficult that is. So yeah, pretty cool. All right. Well, all right, Anthony, hit yours last. Let's all right. Go. That's a good segue because the, I picked a, the band is called Yucky Duster, uh, and the album <laughs> is called Three. Uh, the song, uh, the song Johnny on the album Three, which um, they started working on the album in so- something like 2017, 2018 maybe, and then they were not a band for a few years, and they finished this album uh, last year, came out last year, and uh, and. I, I'm not sure what their deal is. I, I know that they were playing shows again. I don't know if they're fully back, if they're going to work on new stuff, or they were just supporting that album. But, um, you know, they, they started working on the album. They kind of broke up, and then they got back together, finished the album, and um, 
you know, I guess they had some kind of indie buzz or whatever at the time. And I think a lot of people were excited that they came back with this. I, I didn't know about them uh, before. I just recently heard this uh, song, Johnny. And I, I like it. It's like, um, it's kind of quirky indie rock. Uh, there's two two lead singers, uh, at least on this album. Um, I don't I don't know what their names are, but there's a, a guy and a, and a and a woman, and they 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 switch off lead vocals. But this song was pretty cool because I feel like they this one feels like they contributed equally. Some of the other songs you're like, oh, that's the guy's song, and this is the woman's song, or whatever. And this is like feel feels like they worked on it together. Um, so I, I like it. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I don't know if I would <laughs> seek it out. <laughs> what can I say about this uh, the show? But yeah, I mean, it sounds like Anthony music. You know, it's like you have such a such a such a thing you like. It's really, it really is. You love this punk pop stuff and you know and it's great it's fun it's upbeat punk like it's you know kind of sad. it's cool i liked it I, i'd have to listen to it again to really give a true opinion you know listen to it a little bit more but uh yeah, yeah i thought it was fun you know it's, it's it's upbeat you know punk i guess that's the thing i guess that's what i feel like your genre is so. but i liked yeah. it it was good yeah it was fun uh adam yeah, I thought it was uh, quirky and fun, and um, it, it definitely I could see this in in a indie film, like a Michael Sarah film or something. But uh, um, I thought also um, the lyrics reminded me a lot of Cheek Face because uh, and it might just be because I've been listening to them their their new album lately. But um, but no, I enjoyed it. I'll definitely check out some more of um, some more of the songs on this album. Cheek yeah, face. the whole thing. Yeah, Cheek Face. Yeah, the whole the, the whole. I like the whole album. It's I think it's nine songs. It's like twenty three minutes or something. So it's. It's a quick listen, but all the all the songs sound pretty different. Um, so I, I like it. I recommend it. Great, very cool. Thanks for uh, watching and listening to Dustin's vinyl uh, by Anthony's album for the holidays. It's a great yes. album, full of optimism and stuff and fun <laughs> and <laughs> Cheetos and I don't know what he sings about, but we love him here on the show. <laughs> Take care, everybody. You good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>